So there's a story of an elderly couple who was laying, they were just, uh, they just lay down to go to bed for the night. And this was a really old couple, uh, an elderly couple. And um, they were laying down. And just as they were about to fall asleep, the wife looks at her husband and says, hey, do you remember when you used to sleep really close to me? And this old man looks at his wife and, and he gets a little closer to, to her. Remember, he's pretty old, right? Like, it's hard for him to move just a couple inches to his right. A couple minutes later, his wife looks at him again and says, hey, do you remember when you used to hold my hand as we were falling asleep? And this time, as he's grumbling under his breath, he reaches out and holds her hand. A couple minutes later, this lady looks over to her husband again and says, hey, do you remember when we were young, you used to nibble on my ear and say you loved me? And this guy just like, he's frustrated, he's upset, he lets go of her hand, he inches over to the edge and as he's getting up off the bed, his wife gets up and says, what, what's wrong? Where are you going? She, and he says, I'm, I'm going to get my teeth so I can nibble on your ear and tell you I love you. <laughs> I heard that story earlier this week, and I just, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I love this story, right? Here's this old couple, and this guy is being told by his wife, remember when you used to do this and you used to do that? Remember those things? And as frustrated as he gets, as tired as he got, as annoyed as he felt, he chose to love her in that moment. As tired as he was, as frustrated as he got, he chose to love her in that moment. And I've been thinking a lot about what does it mean to choose to love someone? What does it mean to choose to love someone? Y'all just celebrated an anniversary last week, right? Yeah. What does it mean to, to choose to love someone? I've been thinking about that question a lot. First Corinthians chapter 13 gives us a, a little bit of an idea of what it means to choose to love someone, right? It says, um, Let's see. Oh, it's doing that. Choosing to love, one, love someone means that we choose to be patient when we're irritated. It means we choose to, when we choose to love someone, it means that we choose to be kind even when we feel hurt. When we choose to love someone, it, it means that we're not going to be arrogant even though we feel like we have every reason to be. Choosing to love someone means we're not going to be irritated, that we're going to bear with all things and hope for all things and endure through all things. First Corinthians gives us this beautiful picture of what it means to love someone, to choose to love someone, and I think it's very accurate. If any of you have been in a relationship before or you're in one right now, you know that uh, or maybe it's actually a friend, a family member, a coworker, a best friend. I'm not just talking about romantic relationships, just any type of relationship right now. If you're in a relationship with somebody, if you choose to care about someone, if you choose to love someone, you know that it's hard work. It requires sacrifice and work. It requires that uh, you make decisions as to who you spend time with and who you don't. It means that if you're at work and your coworkers want to go get lunch and you're in a horrible mood, you still go. You make that sacrifice because you want to uh, be friends with them, that you want to have a community with them. 
Choosing to love someone means that we put ourselves aside, that we leave some of our needs behind for the sake of the community of the relationship. Choosing to love someone is hard. It takes commitment. It takes effort. It takes work. But we choose to do these things because we believe it's worth it. I have a family friend of ours, um, of my family, and last week I got the news that he passed away from COVID. He lives in Mexico, and uh, he had been running his business, and uh, he got sick and passed away a couple of days later. And the instant the, the news of that kind of spread, his family began to post on Facebook memories, their favorite memories of their dad. One of my favorite memories that I read was of his son. Uh, he said that the day he got married, he and his dad were having a conversation And as they were talking, he asked his dad, Dad, what is the secret to making my marriage last? I want to have a marriage as beautiful as yours and mom's. And he said that his dad looked at him and said, Son, it means that you have to sacrifice. It means you have to uh, let go of some of your needs. It means that you put your wife and your kids first. They had this whole long conversation about what it means to love someone, to choose to love someone. Loving someone Choosing to love someone requires work, requires effort and energy out of us. You know, it's got me thinking, maybe it's the the same thing with God. When we choose to love God, it requires work, it requires energy, it requires uh, sacrifice, it requires commitment, When we choose to love God, it means that we set aside some of our things uh, for the sake of loving God. Choosing to love God requires work and commitment, just as as it requires it with anybody else. Choosing to love God requires us to leave behind some harmful habits that, that pull us away from God. Choosing to love God means that we let go of things that harm us and harm others. Choosing to love God requires uh, work and self-sacrifice and commitment. You see, I I think choosing to love God is tough. It's hard. Because it goes against everything this world tells us. Right? This world tells us that we need to be popular, or we need to have a certain amount of money, or we need to have, uh, be in a certain place in our career by a certain age, or we need to graduate with certain grades, we need to have certain things on our resume. The world tells us that we're to do certain things, but when we choose to love God, we have to let go of those things. We have to let go of our longing for those things. Choosing to love God means we choose to place God above everything else. So here's my question. If choosing to love God is so tough, so difficult, then why should we even do it in the first place? If choosing to love God is so tough and requires so much out of all of us, then why should we choose to love God in the first place? Why should we choose to let go of all these other things so that we can love God. There's a scripture out of John chapter 14 that I've been uh, processing through a lot. I want to read this to you. This is John chapter 14, verses 15 through 21. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it it neither sees him nor knows him. 
You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I'm coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me, and those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. This is a, a bit of a tongue twister. I'm not going to lie, I had to practice it a couple times before tonight. But I'm really struggling with this scripture. I've read through it multiple times. I have studied it. I have, uh, at one point, I had five different Bibles on my desk. I had so many commentaries open online. I have been studying and diving into the scripture, but there's just something that doesn't sit well with me in this text. And I really struggle with it because I think what I'm struggling with is, is that if we misunderstand this text, it can feel as if Jesus is bribing us to love him. The reason I'm struggling with this text is because if I read it too loosely, I feel like Jesus is bribing me to love him. Right? Look, this is what Jesus says. If you love me, you will receive the Holy Spirit. If you love me, I won't leave you orphaned. If you love me, you will see me. If you love me, uh, you will live just as I live. If you love me, you will be loved by the Father. When I read through this, it feels like Jesus is saying, come on, love me, and you'll get all of these perks. I feel like Jesus is saying to me when I read this, if you love me, look at all the things that will be given to you. It feels like a bribe, and it just, it just doesn't sit well with me. Because I don't think Christianity is a bribe. I don't think it's about the perks or the benefits we get. I looked up the definition of a perk, and it's, it's a special privilege given to certain people. Perks mean exclusivity. Perks mean that you get something that nobody else gets, right? The, the reserved parking spot at work, that's a perk. Getting extra vacation days because you've been there long enough, that's a perk, Perks mean exclusivity. It means that you have been given something that nobody else is allowed to get until they get to your stature or your uh, length at work or until they become more like you. There's an exclusivity factor to it. And I don't believe Christianity is an exclusive thing. I don't believe that God says, you're in and you're out. See, I struggle with this text because if I don't pay attention, it feels like it's a bribe, like it's a perk that Jesus is offering. And perks make me a little uncomfortable. When I was in high school, I worked at the country club in El Paso, and uh, it was a fun job, but I wasn't part of the regular staff. I mainly worked on uh, some Friday nights, most Saturday nights, and my myself and my uh, it was a lot of my basketball teammates and schoolmates, they worked with me at the country club. We would basically come in when there was a special event at the country club. So one of three things had to happen. There was either a big company that was gonna hold a company party. They would bring us in so that they could have extra help and make sure that everybody was taken care of. Or uh, somebody really rich would come in 
and they would rent out the place and have maybe a wedding or uh, a retirement party or different events like that. And uh, when they would book the event, the venue, we had to come in and make sure that they were uh, taken care of. The third reason we would be called in was because a club member decided to have an event there. And when a club member decided to have an event there, it meant that there had to be one waiter for every table. It meant that all their needs had to be taken care of. It means that if there was an empty cup, we were going to get in trouble because it needed to be filled. When a club member had an event, they had special perks. They had special attention. They got things that nobody else got. When a member had an event, we had to polish the silverware. We had to get the good linens from the back closet. We had to eat in the kitchen and not in the front room. There were special perks to being a member. See, I refuse to believe that that's what Jesus is inviting us into. I refuse to believe that Jesus is calling us into an exclusive group where only a couple are able to make it in and the rest are out. I refuse to believe that in this text, Jesus is saying to his disciples, you're in, everybody else is out. I just don't believe there's anything exclusive about Christianity. I think Christianity is open to all people who love God, who at least attempt to love God, who wrestle with loving God, who long to love God, who are maybe thinking about loving God. I think Christianity is open to all people. And so I've been wrestling with this text a lot because I've been trying to make sense of it. And here's what I'm thinking. I don't think Jesus is offering a perk to his followers. I don't think Jesus says, because you follow me, you're going to get certain things. Because let's be honest for a second. All of us in this room, we love God, right? We all have a love of God in this room, and it has not made life any easier for any of us. We still have struggles, we still have fears, we still have worries, we still have to work at our marriages, we still have to work at our relationships, we still have to worry about finances, we still worry about all these other things. There is no special perk to being a Christian because we struggle with the things life throws at us as much as everybody else. See, I don't think Jesus is offering perks to his believers. I think Jesus is offering an assurance to his believers. I don't think Jesus is offering perks to his believers. I, I think Jesus is offering an assurance to all those who love him. See, I think there's a difference between an assurance and a perk. And a perk says you don't have to worry about certain things. An assurance says that even when you face those things, it's going to be okay. A perk to that country club member meant that they would never have to worry about their cup being empty an assurance means even when your cup is empty, it's going to be okay, right? As silly as that sounds, there's a big difference between a perk and an assurance. Christianity doesn't say you get special treatment. Christianity says it's going to be okay. I think Jesus is offering an assurance, not a perk. I think Jesus gives an assurance that even when the whole world criticizes us, even when the whole world says, you're becoming too much of a Jesus person. Even when the whole world tries to throw our past against us. Jesus says, don't worry. 
There will be an advocate that will be there with you. I think Jesus gives us an assurance that when the whole world turns its back against us, that when the world says, I want nothing to do with you because you don't fit in the world anymore, that when the world says, just get away from here, that Jesus says to us, don't worry, I won't leave you orphaned. I won't leave you alone. I think Jesus gives us this assurance that even when choosing Jesus makes no sense, that even when choosing Jesus over uh, whatever life we, uh, we want in life, right, when we choose Jesus over popularity or Jesus over wealth or Jesus over whatever we may choose, when choosing Jesus makes no sense, Jesus says, I assure you that even in that moment, you will know exactly who I am and you will be okay. Jesus gives us the assurance that even even when we realize we have to let go of our past, of our experiences, of our longings, Jesus looks at us and says, you will still experience life abundantly as I have. Jesus assures us that even when we don't feel loved by the world, that even when the world tells us we're not good enough, when the world tells us we've messed up way too much, that even in those moments, God loves us. See, Jesus isn't offering us perks so that we can become his followers. Jesus isn't saying, love me, and you get all these benefits. Jesus is saying, choose to love me. And when it gets tough, I assure you, it'll be okay. There is an assurance that has been given to you and me that is being given to us every single day. You see, I think there's a challenge in this scripture. I think there's a challenge in this text, not just for the disciples, but for each and every one of us. It's a challenge to leave behind our, our earthly desires. It's a challenge to say, I don't want what the world says I should want. I want Jesus. It's a challenge to say, I don't, I'm going to stop caring about what people think of me. I, I just want to focus on Jesus. It's, it's, this, it's this longing to say, uh, nothing in this world matters except that I have Jesus. The challenge in this text, I believe, is that Jesus is saying to his disciples and even to us today, be willing to let go of all those other things. It's going to be okay. About five years ago, I, I met a friend, um, and I'm going to pull up his message. Five years ago, I, I didn't know him very well, but um, he called himself a Christian, and in some ways, he was your typical Christian. He, he went to church maybe once a month, maybe once every two months. He wasn't in a small group, but he prayed before every meal. He would volunteer at the church whenever he could. And then something began to shift in him. Suddenly, he stopped wanting the things he used to want, and he, he wanted Jesus. He started searching after Jesus. He started uh, volunteering every single week. He started being at church uh, whenever he could, and when he was out of town, he was going to church. There was this huge shift in his life. And so I texted him earlier, and I said, here's what I said. I said, I'm preaching about how choosing to love God requires us that we sacrifice a huge part of who we are 
and who we thought we wanted to be. In my opinion, it's worth it. But I'm curious, why did you choose to love God and let go or put behind you your old self? This is what he said. He said, I was so sick of doing the same old dumb things. I love my friends, but I was so sick of it. They always wanted to go out and do stuff all the time. At least three times a week, uh, we went out and it always involved drinking, usually too much. It was like we had never moved on from college. When I was at the end of my rope, my daughter was about six months old, and I was still trying to keep up with our group that didn't have kids yet, and I hated it. I knew I didn't want to keep living like that. It says, once I actually decided I wanted to give faith a serious try, I began to see that the new type of life that was taking shape was way better than the old one. The conversations in Bible study, the fellowship of believers and new friends, the service towards others, the unmistakable signs that God was all around me in my midst that I was unable to see before. You see, a lot like my friend, I get scared sometimes to let go and be all in for Jesus. I get scared to say, Jesus, I choose to love you today and every day because I'm afraid of what I have to leave behind. I'm afraid of who I have to leave behind. I'm afraid of breaking old friendships that I've had for forever, even though I know they, they can be hurtful at times. I'm afraid of letting go of old habits because I think if I just do this a little bit longer, I'll find happiness. I'm afraid to say yes to Jesus because of what I might leave behind. What if what I'm saying yes to is no better than what I'm leaving behind? See, here's the deal. There is nothing I can tell you tonight to convince you that what lies ahead is better than what you're leaving behind. I just can't. I don't have that power. But I can promise you that it's worth it. So maybe just give it a shot. Take that next step. Be willing to choose to love God. Maybe today and tomorrow you choose it again and the day after that, and that slowly it becomes a pattern and a way of life. I promise you that when we choose Jesus, when we leave our old self behind, our old longings behind, we find true happiness. And the reason we're able to leave that stuff behind is because we have with this assurance that no matter how difficult it is to get there, that no matter how difficult it is to leave stuff behind, to, to choose to love God every single day, that no matter how difficult that may be, we have this assurance that it will be okay. I want to challenge you tonight. I want to challenge all of you in this room tonight. I want to challenge all of you watching online. Choose to love God. Choose to let go of the things that don't bring you life and don't bring you happiness and, and that only pull you further away from God. Let go of those things and choose to love God today. It's going to get tough. It's going to get difficult. But in those moments, rest assured, we have this assurance from Jesus that it will be okay. May you choose to love Jesus. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, I just give you thanks. 
Jesus, it can be so difficult to, to lay, uh, leave our old self behind, to, to choose to love you and, 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 and give everything up uh, to be in relationship with you. God, it is so difficult to have a relationship, not just with, with you, but with anybody. But God, tonight we want to make that choice. We choose to love you, to give our lives to you. So God, as we do, fill us with the assurance that it's going to be okay no matter how difficult the journey may be. God, I give you thanks. And I pray this in your most precious and most glorious name. Amen.